0: Friends, there's a lot to report on what's happening at the front lines of faith. Having just returned from Romania, Moldova, and Ukraine, we've seen firsthand how the church is stepping up in amazing ways to serve and save those being driven out of Ukraine by Putin's war. These pastors, congregations, and volunteers have put themselves on the line for the gospel and for their fellow man. We need to support them. The interview you'll hear today is one of those amazing servants. She's a church planning coach, humanitarian relief organizer, a media professional, and mom. And she does all of that now from the center of the conflict in Kiev, Ukraine. Her insight and discernment are obvious, and you'll hear why today. These days, hero and saint mean pretty much the same thing, at least when we're talking about the kingdom of God in Ukraine. As we discuss the situation today, you'll hear plenty of things you should pray for, and I'll strongly encourage you. To do it. And please give generously today to help their work through our Serve Ukraine project. We need you to step up right away. And now to the program. Today on Compassion Radio.
1: What is the solution, humanly speaking? That's why we're crying out to God. You know, God can fix this whole situation in a minute before we finish this conversation. But overall, for the world, don't think that this will end if Ukraine just surrenders.
0: Hello friends and welcome back to a special part two of an important conversation with Maya Mikuluk, one of the brave defenders of Kiev, Ukraine. But that's not her only claim to greatness. You see, she's very rich in the things that only heaven can reward us with. She's a spiritual coach and mentor to a vast network of Christian churches in Ukraine, a country that has become one of the world's most productive factories of kingdom servants seminaries and on-fire churches there are generating some of this generation's most effective and faithful faith leaders. They train and equip more missional pastors, evangelists, and worship leaders than most nations in the world, and send them out to over 100 countries. If we didn't know better, we might miss one of the greatest spiritual battles of the 21st century, possibly with greater consequence than the battle we do see won for freedom and individual liberties. Maya's back for a second day of insight, wisdom, and challenge for us, and we'd be wise to listen. We'll pick up the conversation with a quick recap of yesterday's program. But first, this. It may not
2: seem I have what it will take I fear that in the face of trial I'll break Any trouble's just a day away Lord, I trust you. The best and worst of days are yet to come. Be glorified regardless of the cause. Be magnified where the joy or loss. Lord, I trust you.
0: Totalitarianism is what it is. It is all-encompassing. That's what total means. And I think Russia has definitely gotten to that point. But it's not something that history tells us is unique to any particular country. It is, as you say, right at the doorstep. If we allow it to continue, it is something that will continue, period. And if we look at this as a spiritual battle, and I'm speaking completely on, on the outside looking in, there are many of us who can see that The spiritual dimension of this is such that there but for the grace of God go we. There's no reason why America and the West shouldn't fall for these things, except that we stand up to them. But the standing up is about civil duty. It's about common human decency. But it's also about appealing to a God and walking in the way of a God of peace. And I've seen that in your churches. Obviously, Ukraine has become a peaceable nation. And if we look back even 30, 40 years for you being part of the Soviet Union the West would have seen you as nothing but a bunch more of those Russians. You have stepped out of that and chosen a different path, but it was a repentance path. Your country, your whole nation, decided to turn away from violence and totalitarianism, and that's why you're paying the price now. We can see that. I don't have great answers for you, and I wish our governments could stand up with you in a way that was very effective and would stop the suffering now. But it doesn't seem to be happening yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You as an independent citizen, a loyal and faithful and patriotic citizen of Ukraine, what would you tell us in the West to be aware of and to be praying for, for all of us?
1: Well, I think uh, a few things. First of all, don't ever let your leader go unchecked hmm. uh, like Russia did for so many years. And what we're watching right now in Putin, it's a madman that was homegrown in 23 years in power and he thinks that he's god right he yeah. thinks that he's all powerful and he's totally delusional but it comes with the fact that he has been unchecked for so many years so I, I think it's important lesson for everybody for every nation don't let the comforts and you know the reason Russians allowed putin to go so long because they were comfortable economically because mm-hmm. it just yeah. it was convenient the economy was doing well their refrigerators were full now they're not so uh, so well refrigerators are not so full so they will be rambling and they'll probably eventually get rid of him but not because they are alive in freedom but because they became uncomfortable mm. so that that's one thing another i would say don't try to pacify the monster if you listen to putin if you listen to claims he's making and you know people around him are making he is not after ukraine only he will go as far as the world will allow him. It's very much situation similar to the beginning of the Second World War. Another thing that we need to understand that we cannot allow ourselves to believe that we can pacify the monster. There is no stopping if he's not being stopped. Yeah. The situation right now in Ukraine is very similar to what we observed in the beginning of Second World War when British were trying to pacify Hitler as British specified, Hitler by giving him territory, somebody might think, okay, let's just let Putin have Ukraine and let's just the world go back to normal, mm-hmm. to business. Russia is a big business partner for many countries, right? So the thing is, he's not going to stop. No. Baltic republics are very concerned because it's going to take just a few hours to take over them. Mm-hmm. Poland is very concerned. Putin is talking about returning world to 1987 when, you know, there was a whole Eastern Europe under Russian influence. So he's looking to reshape the whole world. And I just recently reposted an article on my Facebook page where... He's actually saying there is no world without Russia. If we lose, we're going to destroy the world. We will use the nukes to destroy the world. And that sounds crazy, but you just watch Guy's track record. He's crazy. He's against the wall. What is the solution, humanly speaking? That's why we're crying out to God. You know, God can fix this whole situation in a minute before we finish this conversation. But overall for the world, don't think that this will end if Ukraine just surrenders, if you listen to some of the world leaders, like for example, Serbian President recently asked our President how many civilian casualties are you willing to to allow before you surrender and accept Russian demands, and it's not acceptable it's not surrender; they want Ukraine to disappear, they want Ukrainians to disappear. You look at the article, Russians by mistake published on February 26, when they expected they would have victory. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were announcing that they were joining Ukrainian regions as Russian regions, and they were going to put some opinion makers into camps to made them disappear. Mm-hmm. And it's a it choice for us there's just no much room for compromise. It's the same for us.
0: Yeah. Well, those things seem to be fairly straightforward. They're answers that are common sense, if we just sit to think about it for one minute. And yet we're dealing with real politic. We have nation states that still have to make decisions about what to do next. So I'm sure that you and your church leaders, your fellowships across the country, the Spirit is weighing on your souls to pray certain things, because He wants to hear you lift up to Him your needs. And I think He puts in your heart, too, the specific things that He will honor and will answer right away. So if you don't mind me peeling back a little bit that cover and look inside the, the heart of the church in Ukraine. What are the things you're hearing when you all gather for prayer that your people lift up to him that surprise you? The things that he stirs in your heart to pray?
1: Uh well we've been at war now for four weeks almost. We had four Sundays uh when we gathered. The first Sunday was on Zoom because we were in the coffee. Correct. And the next three Sundays we were in person mm. and I can tell you our prayers are very different now than were a month ago. Uh, First of all, we have a long list of people we are praying by name, people who are missing, Mm. uh, people who are missing because they lived in the suburbs and we haven't heard from them for a long time. And we cry out to God for protection for those people. Mm. And we we can imagine the worst since we haven't heard from them.
0: For 78 years now, we've depended on the faithful encouragement of friends just like you to bring this unique radio and media ministry to the air each day. As I mentioned at the top of the program, we have a very special giving opportunity for a special offering to the church in Ukraine, and we need to stand with them. Our toll-free order line is 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. If you need to call early or late, that's okay. Just make sure to leave your name and phone number and we'll get back to you immediately when the doors open each business day. You can also give anytime online at CompassionRadio.com. And if you prefer to put a stamp on it, you can always find us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. God bless you as you stretch your faith. I hope we can be a real encouragement and challenge to you for many, many years to come. If you want to avoid worry and be part of the solution now, then give us a call today, please. And now, back to our conversation.
1: We have a growing list of, by name, of people who are from our churches going to defend Ukraine to the front lines. And again, whenever we don't hear from them for a few days, that's a big concern. You might assume that the person already was killed but our our prayers are also for our hearts not to harden with bitterness. But at the same time, we do pray for defeat of Russian army. We yes. pray for, for God to strike Putin and free the world of this evil. Uh, we pray that, like you know, King David prayed for confusion hmm. in the enemy army, for them to turn around and run. Uh, we pray for strength and protection, prayers that go very much along the, the Psalms. Um, yeah. That's where we are.
0: Well, I do pray that God puts on our hearts the passion to pray with that kind of passion like he's putting in your hearts. Obviously, what else are you going to do but call out to him who is the giver of all life and is the avenger of all those who are innocent and loves his children? And I know that he loves the children of Russia, too. And we know that many millions of them are deluded by leadership that has told them a lie and claimed it to be true. So I'm praying for breakthroughs, too, that the truth can get in there as well. Mm -hmm. We're praying, too, that God will raise up enough adventurous people in the church in the West to say, we need to be helping them now and be involved with getting material into you as a nation to supply those diapers and those cans of food and bread Mm -hmm. that you need to survive the days ahead as much as we're praying for cover over your heads to keep you away from the bombs. But all of it seems to be so overwhelming just to talk about it. And yet you're living right in the middle of it. What would you say is your praise to God for the way he's watched over you these past four weeks?
1: Well, we uh, I can tell you story after story, but I don't know if you're aware. I just became a grandma uh, a few days ago. Congratulations. My first granddaughter was born uh, on March 16th. And that whole situation, when the war started, my daughter was 38 weeks pregnant. Wow. And I saw it in my nightmares. I Her bet you did. birth somewhere in a bomb shelter or somewhere in a snowy field, you know, as we're running from bombs. or so even in a home, uh, I'm not a trained doctor to, to do that. So I worried a lot about that. I, I cried out to God. For for the safety Hmm. of um, my daughter and this baby that was about to be born. And when um, the contractions came, it was night, it was air raid, uh, there was bombing, and it was just everything from my nightmares. Uh but when we called the ambulance they were here very quickly and they took our daughter and her husband and my husband and I stood on our seventh floor at the window and watched the ambulance taking them to what the hospital to what the sound of explosions. The hospital is closer to the front lines. And it was scary. I, I, I can tell was. you that. Uh it was like, you know, crying out to God all the time on on a very personal level. I mean, we pray for the nation, but we have this this baby coming. And after they were taken to the hospital, a few hours later, our son-in-law was asked to leave the hospital because they decided they didn't want men there, even though Hmm. it was originally planned that he would be there for the delivery. So, It was, again, very scary uh, because, you know, our daughter could hear explosions in the Mm -hmm. hospital. She was all by herself. We were here, away from her, just, again, crying and crying. And then uh, we have a lady downstairs who is kind of our concierge. She continues working in the building, even though most people will probably not be able to pay. Many people left. So I was taking Mm -hmm. lunch to her. In the afternoon of that day, and I was coming back in the elevator with a neighbor, and he asked me how we were doing, and I just broke out into tears explaining what's happening with Sasha, our daughter, and her husband. And the neighbor came out of the elevator with me on my floor, and he spent the next few hours just calling Many people, and he didn't give up until he got Nikita into the hospital. And mm. we just see, you know, through the whole thing, I mean, one thing after another. Like, we were concerned about baby formula. Like, what if yeah. she doesn't have milk because of stress and we haven't right. prepared I was just working up myself about that. And then I got a call from another volunteer we work with, and she was telling me, like, we have five tons of baby formula. Would your church be willing to distribute that? Hmm. And that was such a, you know, gesture from God. Like, don't worry about baby formula for your baby. We'll give you tons of baby formula to distribute to many babies in the region. So we just see again and again how God answers the prayers. I mean, obviously... Four weeks into the war, we're still alive, even though some buildings next to us were hit. But even through this birth of our grandchild, we see how just lovingly God answers. God gives more than we could imagine and we could ask for. So Mm. that's been a great, um, I don't know, lesson of trust, uh, ongoing lesson of trust to God. I can't say I'm always courageous and sure that everything's going to be good. I, I fall. I I cry, but God just lifts us up and shows that we in His hands.
0: Well, you're mm-hmm. describing something that goes way beyond just daily bread, but it seems like God's starting with that. Mm-hmm. And you're calling out for life for your own children and grandchildren. Yeah, the timing of this seems to be horrendous on the face of it, but thank God you're all still together. Mm-hmm. We'll be praying that God preserves you through all of this, because... I mean, the church needs leaders, and you have served faithfully on so many levels, and you are there to see the church through its chapters. And we know since the beginning that the faithful have always faced different kinds of persecutions or dangers or diseases or wars. History is full of this, and we know that it's the heart of sin that leads mankind into these tragedies. Yet he brings out the very best in us during those tragedies. So I'm just praying that God does, in fact, bring the very best out of you out of your churches, and out of the the kingdom of God in Ukraine right now, and that he will someday redeem all that the locusts have destroyed. Um, Is there any last word you can give us that you say, if there's nothing else we should think about or remember, this one thing, don't forget? What would that be for you?
1: Well, I guess the thing we keep reminding ourselves, God is good, and he will will be faithful through everything, through the hardest times. So it's something we need to remember when times are good, Mm -hmm. we'll be able to look back and see that um, the victory belongs to God. And that's our concern for our country. You know, Mm -hmm. we know we will win. God will give us this victory. But we as a church need to be here reminding people that it's not our courage, it's not our strength, it's not our unity or... Uh, you know, all the good qualities, human qualities that are surfaced right now by this crisis, but it's, it's God's goodness and God's faithfulness that will bring us that victory.
0: Indeed. And I think about the scripture, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land. I mean... It is something about that commitment that we make to him, our covenant to him, saying, we humble ourselves and ask you to cleanse our hearts so that our nation can be saved. That's a powerful prayer. And I believe that because you all are emptying yourselves of yourselves and letting God pour through you, that he will so bless your nation and the world because of it, that you will have another song to sing on a day of peace. And that there will be peace in your land again. That's what we're praying for. So, Maya Mikaluk, I'm so proud to get to know you and to hear your story. And I expect to hear more of those stories in the days to come. We'll be praying for Sasha and her daughter.
1: Brianna. Brianna. It's a daughter.
0: Okay. We'll be praying for Sasha and Brianna. And we pray that those people will be full of health and joy. And that you'll have all the milk and formula your whole church and your community needs to be able to keep their children healthy and strong. Thank you for being so forthright with me and letting me ask some difficult questions.
1: No, it's good. It's good. Thank you.
0: If you have any ideas along the way of stories or things you'd like to get out or to share, I mean, just drop Mm -hmm. me a little line there in the messenger and say, hey, I've got a story for you I'd like to tell you. I'll grab you any hour I can get you, okay?
1: Okay, great. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for getting the word out.
0: We'll do what we can, and God bless you. And I look forward to hearing more about how God brought the victory in your own lives and in your country in the days to come. So thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Bram. Bye-bye.
3: Oh, praise him all, his mighty words. There is no language where you can't be heard. Your song goes out.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today. Call 1-800-868-2478 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.